0: Well, hello there everybody. Welcome back to the Straight A Nursing podcast. I'm Nurse Mo and I'm so excited and happy that you are spending your Precious free time with me today. So, today we are talking about memorization versus conceptualization study techniques for nursing school, and this is episode number 159. So, before we dive into that, I want to take a moment for the listener shout out. And sometimes the listener shout outs come from reviews like on Apple Podcasts, and so the person doesn't leave their real name, it's like their Apple ID name. So, this is Cal Cole. Um, If you recognize that name, that's you, then thank you so much. Here is what Cal Cole had to say. This podcast is simply amazing. I graduate in a year for my BSN program, and this podcast has helped out so much. Nurse Mo always has a clear and simple way of explaining things that has made it so easy to finally understand concepts and apply them. This podcast has so many great episodes that have been such a help for me while going through this program. I can't wait to keep listening for this next year and even after I graduate. Thank you so much for taking the time to submit that review. I love that you're planning to continue listening after you graduate. Absolutely, you never stop learning as a nurse. I listen to my old episodes when I need to review something, you guys, and I've been a nurse for 10 Years. So don't think that straight A nursing student just means pre licensure. We are always, always students. So if you think this podcast is amazing, you guys need to check out Study Sesh. It's amazing. It's my other podcast, but it's amazing in a completely different way. I will include the link in the show notes and talk a little bit more about it at the end, but I really want to get down to business with you here and talk about this whole concept of memorizing and conceptualizing. So in my free guide, The 20 Secrets of Successful Nursing Students, which I will also link to in the show notes, secret number four is this. Successful students know what to memorize versus conceptualize. So what do I mean by this? For the most part, in order to be really successful in nursing school, you have to understand the broad concepts so that you can apply them to a wide, wide range of specific different clinical situations and disease conditions. You might even hear people say, don't memorize, just conceptualize. But this is not actually entirely true. So for example... Let's say you are heading into your patient's room with your clinical instructor, and your patient has had some kind of a brain surgery, and you need to assess the cranial nerves. And your instructor says, talk to me about how you're going to assess cranial nerve seven on this patient. And... You guys cannot conceptualize what cranial nerve seven is. That's not a concept. It's a fact, right? If you don't know that cranial nerve seven is the facial nerve, and then if you don't know that it's either sensory motor or both, which are also not concepts, then you can't even begin to talk to your instructor about how you assess for it, right? And that facial nerve is both sensory and motor, by the way. How do I know that? Because I've memorized that, right? So if you've memorized that cranial nerve seven is the facial nerve and that it controls muscles of facial expression and is sensory to taste on the anterior two thirds of the tongue... Well, now you can understand conceptually how you're going to go and assess for that. So when we commit that information to memory, then the assessments make sense conceptually. Another great example is the blood flow pathway through the heart. It's just a fact that the blood goes a certain way and passes certain anatomical structures, right? When you understand that and you have that memorized forwards and backwards, well, guess what? The concept of heart failure, the concept of valve disorders is going to make massively so much more sense. So with that said, successful students know what to memorize versus what to conceptualize and definitely don't try to memorize everything, just those things that warrant it and that are going to help them understand the broader concepts. So let's talk about some memory techniques that you could try for nursing school. So everyone listening to this has had experience with memorization that was Basically, all of your anatomy class, right? I mean, if you've already been through anatomy, you know, you memorized every single piece of the human body. You had to memorize not only all the bones, which wouldn't be that hard, but all the landmarks of all the bones. And that was really difficult. That's not a concept. Those are facts, cold, hard facts, anatomical structures. You had to memorize them. And think about how you did that. What methods did you use? Was it an effective method? Or did you struggle with memorizing all of those things? The good news is there's way more than just one way to memorize information. So if you've had trouble memorizing in the past, it might be that you're just not using the best format for either that particular type of information or the way your brain works. So for example, here's how I used memorization in anatomy and physiology to learn those darn bone landmarks, okay? So it started in lab, examining those models, viewing them from different angles, very important, trying to get just as much sensory input as possible, touching them, visualizing them, um, holding them up to my own body to see where they are and how they lie, uh, repeating them out loud as I uh, went over it with my lab partner. Then I would follow up with that with reviewing the same bones in my lab atlas. And if you guys are going through anatomy right now and you don't have a lab atlas, then I have no idea how you're even doing any of this studying. So get your hands on a lab atlas. Atlas, which is basically a bunch of photographs of every part of the body in extreme detail. So I would get my lab atlas. And the purpose of this was I took information in using a 3D model in lab. Well, now I've got to translate it over to a 2D photograph, okay? So I'm going to um, follow up by studying my lab atlas. And then came the actual memorizing and testing of my recall of all these bony landmarks. So, if you're dealing with something like the bones of the body, the best advice I can give you, start global, go specific. So, start with the larger structures and work your way down to the tiny landmarks. For example, learn the femur bone before you learn the greater trochanter and the lateral epicondyle. Does that make sense? So, learn the big and then learn the specific. And then to review and memorize the bones themselves and the landmarks themselves, the atlas had everything labeled. And what I did was I took post-it notes and I cut them into little tiny strips because post-it notes are really expensive. So I cut them as small as I could so that they covered each of those labels in the atlas. And I numbered them one through 50 or 1 through 100 or however many landmarks were there for me to memorize and then I made an answer key numbered it 1 through 50 or whatever and put my answers on that answer key. Okay, and then would go through that atlas and get a fresh sheet of paper, not looking at my answer key, and try to name as many of those as I could, and then checking it against the answer key and repeating this over and over again, until I had the bones and their landmarks down solid. And that is basically how I studied that for anatomy and physiology. So that's one way to use visual cues and writing repetition to memorize information. Some other highly effective methods are using flashcards and reviewing them repeatedly until you get all of them correct. Okay, so I'm actually developing an app that serves this exact function. And depending on when you're hearing this, it may be out, it may not be out yet. Um, I will include the link if you want updated information for that. But here's the thing about flashcards, you guys, when I hear a student say flashcards don't work for me. Nine times out of 10, maybe 9.9 times out of 10, they were trying to use flashcards to learn information. That's not what flashcards are for. They are for reviewing information, memorizing some key facts and reviewing and testing your recall. You would not use flashcards to learn a concept like heart failure, okay? So when students say flashcards don't work for me, I suggest you might be using them for the wrong purpose. But we'll talk about some other things you can use for other purposes in a bit. So some students can memorize information really well by drawing or looking at illustrations or photographs. If you find like when my husband asks me where something is, I don't just blurt out where it is because I'm seeing in my mind exactly where it is. And then it takes me a minute to translate that into actual words. So he'll say, I can't find the peanut butter or whatever. I don't know why my husband can't find anything. Is it just my husband? But anyway, can't find anything. And I will like in my mind's eye, I'm like, okay, it's in the cabinet above the cookie jar. It's on the right. It's about three items in and it's next to the honey. And I know exactly where it is because I can completely picture it. So if your brain works like that then you might do really, really well using more visual cues like drawing or even just looking at photographs or illustrations from your text or supplemental materials. This is essentially how I learned all the anatomy stuff by visualization, but I combined it with repetitive writing to really just like seal that deal. So I talked about repetitive writing. Let's talk about that a little bit more. If you have a strong connection between your memory and things you physically write, then repetitive writing may work really great for you. I want you to be very careful. You don't get like hand cramps or anything. So take frequent breaks. But repetitive writing it studies do show that writing something down does help put it into your memory. As you're doing this repetitive writing, the key is not to just go through the motions, okay? You have to stay engaged and present with it, okay? So you're not just writing to write. You're writing and thinking and staying really engaged and focused on what you're doing, okay? Another repetition technique is verbal repetition, and it's a really great way to memorize and review material, and it's actually one of my favorite techniques that I'm utilizing in that Study Sesh podcast. So in that private podcast that I've developed, we go through drills for things that do require memorization, like the cranial nerves or lab values or You know, needle gauge sizes, all of that stuff. And I'll include the link for the Study Sesh podcast in the episode notes. But again, with that verbal repetition, you're not just saying it to say it. You're saying it and thinking it and maybe also visualizing it. You're staying really engaged. Another fantastic tool that can help trigger your memory are mnemonics. So, with mnemonics, you have a phrase that is easy to remember or really meaningful to you. And typically, the first letter in each word of the phrase correlates to the first letter in this list of items that you need to remember. So, for example, for the cranial nerves, the phrase I use is on occasion. Our trusty truck acts funny, very good vehicle anyhow. So I've used this phrase for years, and it's what I teach my students to use as they're learning the cranial nerves, and it absolutely works. You can also set a list of things that you need to learn to music. It's just a great way to memorize. Raise your hand unless you're driving, keep both hands on the wheel, But raise your hand if you learned all of the 50 states by singing them in a song. That's how I learned all the 50 states. Do they still teach kids that? Um, Definitely did for me. And I knew all the 50 states in, I don't know, second, third grade, because it was set to music and I can still get through about half of it before I stumble. So anyway, I think that's pretty good recall, right? I memorized bone ossification which we had to learn for anatomy and physiology, by writing it into a song that rhymed and everything, you guys, it's amazing. I wrote it into a song and I set it to the tune of the Beverly Hillbillies, which probably ages me along with memorizing the 50 states in grade school, but that's okay. The point is our brains love music, they love patterns, and it can be a really fantastic way to memorize information. Okay, storytelling is also a really creative and also a really effective way to memorize. So I utilized this method when I was struggling to remember all the side effects for medications used in psychopharmacology. And I will even include a link to listen to that podcast episode. What I basically did was I looked at what all the side effects were for like, say, the benzodiazepines and i crafted a story around that and the story included key things from that list of side effect key words and they were i thought they were kind of great actually um i can still remember a lot of the side effects of these psychopharmacologic agents because of these stories that i wrote so If you want to listen to an example of that, I will include the link in the show notes, especially if you're struggling with psychopharmacology, okay? A technique many students don't utilize enough is grouping items together by different characteristics. So this helps you recall information by thinking about it in different ways. So for example, when you're learning pharmacology, Can you keep like a running list of medications that have black box warnings? Can you keep a list of medications that have to be taken on an empty stomach or that cause orthostatic hypotension or can't get grapefruit juice within five miles of it? For a and P, I learned the muscles by using this technique. Not only were they just muscles of the arm, okay, I grouped muscles together by insertion site or by action or attachment site, it helped me think about them in different ways, giving me multiple paths to recall that information. Okay, so I hope that gives you some ideas for techniques for memorizing. So if you've had trouble memorizing in the past, but you were solely using one method, there are a lot of different methods that you can use and incorporate. So now let's talk a bit about conceptualizing. This is the point where I stress, again, that you cannot rely on memorization for everything in nursing school. You will flounder. You will, you will really, really struggle. You won't understand concepts. You will not do well on exams. Much of what you are learning will need to be conceptualized so that you can understand why you're doing what you're doing to care for a patient learn from experience and apply to other situations. So when you conceptualize information, okay, I'm going to say this again, when you conceptualize information, you're not just knowing a fact, you are then able to apply it to that situation you're learning about but others that share some of the same characteristics. It's exactly what we do on the job as nurses, and it's exactly what the NCLEX is going to be testing you on when you get to that point. So understanding concepts means putting the puzzle pieces together, seeing how things connect, and getting that big picture. So for example, when you understand the concept of ventilation, You understand why the intervention for a decreased oxygen saturation level secondary to opioid overdose is bag valve, mask, and Narcan, and not just throwing some oxygen on the patient, right? So, some methods to utilize to help you conceptualize information include rewriting your lecture and book notes into your own words. I'm not saying rewrite the whole book, you guys, but when you encounter a key concept, Can you take that bit of information and distill it down into a simple, easy-to-understand paragraph? The process of doing this, yes, it takes time, but you've probably heard me say this before, and if you haven't, say this to yourself over and over again when you're doing it. The process of doing this may take time, but the return on that investment is enormous. So I hear students say, I don't have time to rewrite my notes, but then they'll go spend two hours making flashcards and reviewing flashcards to try to understand a concept and waste a ton of time and not learn it. If you had taken that two hours to rewrite your lecture notes into your own words, you know that concept because you conceptualized it, you internalized it, you formulated it into sentences that make sense to you. You know that concept. So the return on investment for rewriting your notes is enormous. I cannot underscore that enough. You can also create tables. And this is one of my favorite tried and true methods for comparing and contrasting similar but different conditions. For example, I created tables for all those hypo hyper conditions like hypothyroid versus hyperthyroid. Thyroid storm versus myxedema coma, like side-by-side comparisons, really help you understand what happens in the body when, for example, thyroid hormone is low versus high. So it makes sense to you conceptually. So doing this helped me recognize that when I was working in the ICU, my patient who was severely bradycardic, hypothermic, and unresponsive could be in a myxedema coma. And guess what? A few doses of thyroid hormone later, he improved drastically, okay? So that is a great way. Make a table. Put all the characteristics down one side, the conditions across the top, and compare. What are the signs and symptoms? What are the causes? What are the lab tests? What are the complications, et cetera, et cetera. Another fantastic method for conceptualizing is Teaching a concept to someone else. This is hands down, probably my most favorite, though I think now in hindsight, I've probably said they're all my favorite because they're all so good, you guys. But when you can teach a concept to someone else so that they understand it, You know it from all angles. Have you ever tried to explain something to someone and that's when you realize, oh, heck, I don't know what I'm talking about. I better go figure that out. If you can explain something to someone simply, then you know it very, very well. And it's a great way to foster a collaborative environment in nursing school. Okay, a more passive but still effective way to learn concepts is to simply get exposure to it in different ways. So, watching videos on YouTube or from the publisher of your textbook. Did you guys know if you pay for a brand new textbook? And I don't even know if the used textbooks work like this, but or the rentals. But a brand new textbook comes with an access code, most likely. Use those access codes. There's a ton of goodies on the website for that. So watching videos, listening to podcasts can really help the information that you heard in lecture or read in your book come to life. Sometimes just hearing it explained with slightly different language in a slightly different way will finally get it to click for you. And lastly, my last tip is writing a study guide is an excellent way to summarize conceptual information while also reviewing for the exam. So you can use the objectives listed in your textbook or your instructor hopefully included objectives with each lesson. So a well-designed course will have learning objectives for each lesson. And then exam questions tied directly to those learning objectives. So by using those objectives, you're essentially studying exactly the material that is going to be on the exam on the exam. And again, writing it out in your own words is that key ingredient for your conceptualization success. So there you have it, you guys. The key differences between memorizing and conceptualizing, as well as some tried and true techniques to use for both. So I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, the free guide, 20 secrets of successful nursing students. I will include the link. In the episode notes, if you want to get your hands on that. And if you want to use some of these techniques, like the drills, to memorize then I want you to check out Straight A Nursing Study Sesh. I'll include the link for that as well. Drills and the pod quizzes are just fantastic for, uh, well, drills are for memorizing. Pod quizzes are for testing your recall, but you could be memorizing a little bit as you go through those. And then the power hour is just straight up learning and the case studies are applying the knowledge. So I want you to check that out, Straightnursingstudent.com forward slash study dash sesh okay next week you guys episode 160 will be about a little bit about the key differences between dementia and delirium and then caring for recognizing preventing delirium in your patients so i'll see you back here then and have a great week bye for now this podcast is brought to you by straight a nursing